Hey everybody, this episode is brought to you by The Pixel Stick. You can go to thepixelstick.com, it's spelled just like it sounds, uh, to see a ton of examples of what this thing is used for. Uh, I backed it, uh, bought it back when it was a Kickstarter campaign originally. Now they just sell it to everybody because it's so amazing. It's a six-foot-long, very narrow strip of LED lights um, with a programmable interface that you can slide in an SD card and create any pattern and combination of uh, shapes and lights that, that you could ever want. Um, it's also got some handy demo modes where it just shows a pattern of rainbow or stripes. Um, but it's particularly useful for long exposure shots. If you want to get a really cool effect uh, surrounding somebody, uh, your subject, or if you just want to... Um, it actually works really well to just use as a light source where it's not in the frame and it's just uh, off-camera light. Uh, it can work fantastically for your night photos. It's battery-powered. It breaks into two three-foot halves. And I believe there's a way to hack together just using uh, one half one you know one at a time if you like so i've had great fun with mine over the years um they have a summer sale uh, coupon code it's just summer sale uh that you can use at checkout to get 40 percent off of uh most orders uh and they ship same day so you can expect arrival in one to two days um really fun tool it's about 349 bucks also has a wireless uh remote and a few other kind of creative add-ons that you can buy um it's really lightweight and easy uh bring it to every wedding that i shoot i just uh, don't use it every single time but it is it is fun if you're looking for just a new thing to play around with creatively so check out uh thepixelstick.com and uh, thank you so much for your support What's going on, Sam? Hey, Nathan. What's up? Oh, not too much, not too much. What's going on with you? Yeah, not much. Been a slow week. That's cool. Um, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You were in Ireland, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was in Ireland and uh, did a fantastic conference there called Burn Workshop, which was really fun. Burn. Inc- incredible experience. Coming home, well, maybe we can get to this in a, in a minute. How have you been? How was your week? Actually, um, how was your three weeks? Because it's been a while since we. It's recorded. been a little. It's been a little while. Uh, we yes, yeah. We basically just been knocking down shoots. It's been pretty busy. Um, this past week um, was a lot about editing and getting stuff done that I had been shooting the, the previous two weeks. And yep. then um, this weekend was crazy. I, I second shot a wedding with Aram, um, who, uh, if you guys don't know Aram, she's a, a really fantastic, uh, primarily Indian wedding photographer. Um, and uh, I love shooting Indian weddings. In the DC, a few, DC area, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Book a few of my own per year, but I also love um, shooting with, with Aram because she usually has a lot of fun. Um and anyway, we shot um, Friday for four hours, Saturday from 7 a.m. to 1 a.m., 18 hours straight. Oh, no. Oh. Um, yep. <laughs> With a, there, was, there was a one-and-a-half-hour gap, though, where we like looked at our phones and sat down for like one second. Oh. Um, and then, yeah, and then it went till one. Um, and then I... And then my old church asked me to shoot baptisms the next morning, um, so I shot... Um, at 8 a.m. the next morning uh, for a couple hours and then had um, a short um, Sudanese wedding of my own to shoot yesterday. So um, it was, I, I literally shot... You sound a little drained. Yeah, yeah that's intense. I, I shot, um, I guess, 28 hours or so, you know, uh, tw- 29 hours, and I've, I think I slept for about eight and a half hours total this weekend. Whew. Dang. So I've well, got a lot. Okay. I, I had a similar experience today. the weekend before. Uh, I had an all day wedding on the 5th of May in mm-hmm. Vienna, Virginia. And then I had a wedding the next day uh, that was four hours away. So I drove. Oh, wow. So I went to bed at like midnight, woke up at like seven. Yeah. So I got a solid seven hours, but then I had That's to drive four hours to my next wedding. Then that wedding ended at 11 
or eleven thirty, and I drove four hours home that night. Oh man! <laughs> oh man! I just powered through, and then I had a flight to be on uh, that afternoon, uh, Sunday, to Ireland, and then that was an overnight <laughs> flight. Uh, so I woke up in I- in London oh. and flew over to Belfast, and then woke up yeah. and had to do a four and a half hour video uh, tutorial video for somebody who's putting one out. Um, that's for something crazy. called engage live. Yep. Just literally I checked in my Airbnb and then walked over to this with no break, no rest, nothing did it for four and a half hours, went to sleep, woke up Tuesday and it was two, two days straight of workshopping and conference. So it was a similar intensity, Ooh, but, but I'll say even with that insaneness, it, it doesn't compare to just being on your feet for like 18 hours in a yeah. row. Sure. And, and somebody Ooh. mentioned in, in, uh, in Ireland actually, like what other job, what other career, uh, on a regular basis do you, do you really shoot in or not shoot, but work more than like you know, 10 hours in a row, maybe, maybe doctors, like where they have these crazy, yeah, doctors, crazy long definitely. shifts, yep. but it's such a, that is such a unique thing. And it's so strange to me that it's sort of an expectation. And, um, I was just talking with Nessa the other day too, about pricing. Cause I started doing these, these mentoring, uh, one-on-one mm-hmm. mentoring things on my, on my Patreon page. And I swear, like I start seeing people's price points and they're starting at like $2,000. And the more, the older I get, especially owning a home, the more I realize that like $2,000 is nothing. I mean, it's a lot of money, money. but it's like nothing in the real, (laughs) real adult world that we live in. Like, yeah, like, they, there's a dead tree in our yard and the guy's like, yeah, that should probably move. If it falls, it's just going to cut your house in, in two. I was like, oh gosh, okay. <laughs> He's like, it's going to die in the next four years. I was like, okay, great. So what are we looking at? He's like, oh, you know, $5,500. And I'm just like, oh, my God, it's not that big of a tree. I mean, it's a big tree, but it's not like a giant building of a tree. And, uh, you know, and that's just how it is. Like when you own yep. a home, like $2,000 is it like, is. It just slips yeah, through that, your It just goes. It's gone. And, um, and, and, you know, when you price yourself like that as a wedding photographer, you're, you're definitely going to be working for longer than, you know, a couple of full days when it's all said and done with editing. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and, and you have, it's such a creative, distinct, like, thing that if people like you freaking charge for it, like, I'm starting to think that I'm massively oh, underpriced from where I should be. And yep. it's, uh, you know... It's just crazy, and especially it, when you start looking at crazy. what people pay for other vendors at a lot of weddings. Like you know, the stuff is just not cheap. Photography should not be the cheapest thing on their on their budget <laughs> when it's no. generally and the most important part for people. Absolutely, and um, I, I remember a long time ago. Actually, I, I think it was almost like when we were first starting out. I remember Ryan Brenizer had a quote that basically said, "If twenty five hundred dollars for a wedding photographer is minimum wage." Yeah, um, exactly. It's, and he had like this whole breakdown of it. Um, I'm sure it's online somewhere, but um, I read that and I was like, oh, okay. That actually makes a lot of sense because I, I remembered when I was first starting out charging, I think, $2,500. I was like, I was like, man, this is a lot of work. And for some reason, I don't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, exactly. And, and, and um, yeah. growing, you know, and, you know, once you're, once you're, you know, more advanced in your, in your, um, in your photography and also uh, wise and advanced in years, um, <laughs> it, it, it definitely you're, it's a requirement to, we're, to charge we're more. Flirting with sounding like just old dudes now, but it's true. <laughs> Back uh, in uh, my uh, day, the, the problem that you work against is that all the buyer sees, all your clients see at the end of the day is a, you know this is going to be the best day of my life. This is going to be so much fun. I'm going to love everything about it. Why do I even have to pay somebody to be there to photograph? Like they're going to be having so much fun with me. It's me and my whole family. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. But it's like, well, first of all, you don't realize it's not just one day of work. Um, Even if they tell themselves in their head that like, oh, well, of course there's editing. That's a lot of work. It still feels like you're just paying for one day of work as the buyer. So it's really hard to get people to see through yeah. the, the actual sustaining of a business. Like what you're actually paying for when you pay me is all the time I spend interacting with clients that don't actually ever book. My clients that do book are paying for my time that goes into my business and, and it doesn't turn into business, you know? Like you're paying yep. for all this stuff that keeps your 
business running, even if it's not directly related to your actual wedding day or your, your, even your particular wedding. Right. Um, right. And it's, it's really hard to like see that as, as the buyer when it's just like the best day ever with your friends and family and you're having a great time. Um, yeah. And everyone's, you know, and, and lots of clients are different, but in my experience, Abs like across the board, um, the lower that basically the the lower that their expectations are for what a photographer does, the the less they want to tr- you know pay for it, and the less you can expect as a photographer in terms of like aesthetic quality, uh, quality of client, um, like basically the less you charge, you know, the crappier clients you're gonna you're gonna get. Um, a lot of times that's the case. Yeah. And that's why it's like early on, it is important to, if you have them photograph people, you know, because yes, you will probably be charging very little or working for free, but if they're friends of yours, then they're generally not problematic. Yeah. And you're going to have a good time. Sometimes Um, you're going to get good photos. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Generally speaking, the trade off of working for little or free is okay in that context. But once you start getting right third-party clients that are unknown to you aside from the wedding day. Yeah. You, you just, you, all bets are off in, in my brain. It's just like, gosh, it seems like actually we should be charging like $10,000 as the normal yeah. price point. And, based and on some what, do what some most do. people in the service industry charge for services, you know, not related to photography. And if you're a really mm-hmm. good photographer, like that creative value like in the commercial world and advertising, all that people make, a crap ton of money for yes. their ideas. And it's just unfortunate that, you know, the wedding stuff is just continuously eroding away as technology improves and, uh, and people become better yeah. photographers just by default because everyone has a camera, but yeah, we, and, we don't um, need to go down this entire route the whole time. It's just, I know, I was it's just <laughs> crazy to think about being on your feet for 18 hours. And, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know what Aram charges, but I'm sure it's, it's a lot. It's uh, Oh, well, that's good. That's good. If I, she's, oh, yeah. definitely. You know, the other thing is generally speaking for Indian weddings, Indian weddings are, are a whole different beast. Um, yeah. I, I, I would encourage people to like, you know, definitely shoot an Indian wedding. Um, if you haven't before, it's, it's a lot of fun. I love um, them. I really do. I, I just, just, that's the one yeah. where I generally do like having a second shooter. Cause there's a lot of time. You have to, it's almost time. a requirement Yeah, yeah. Uh, because no, there, there's all kinds of interesting, um, you know, interesting differences between regular, you know, white weddings and, 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 uh, Indian weddings. Mainly it's like, Indian culture, a lot of it revolves around marriage and around, around the wedding. And so it's always this like massive, massive ordeal where they invite, generally speaking, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of people. And in one case, I shot a wedding a couple of years ago where it's a thousand people. Um, Woo. <laughs> and, uh, and it's a requirement to have another photographer there. Their expectations if, are pretty if high. If I invited all of my friends and all of my friends' families, <laughs> yeah. I still wouldn't have that many people. <laughs> like, I don't know. Your great. Facebook page would tell me otherwise. Okay, not those friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and it's, and so when, especially when I'm working with Aram, she usually has, like we had a lighting assistant as well with us. So there was, and usually there's a third photographer uh, and another lighting assistant. So craziness. Um, Crazy. It's a lot of work. It's, it's a, the thing is with Indian weddings though, the reason that I don't book like a million of them is cause they're not particularly challenging in my opinion. Um, they're in terms of like, they, they have a very set um, expectation kind of like order of yeah, to absolutely. them yep. and they have, and the clients have a very specific expectation of, this is what, you know, it's going to look like aside from portraits, it all has to look, um, a certain, pretty much the same. Um, I totally agree. It's, it's really funny that people think, well, yes, there are a lot of work, but it's not very overwhelming work. No, if, if you have the right mindset, it's not. It's it's just <laughs> very been like to by one the or book. two. Exactly. Once you've been to one, if you walk in just never having been to a few, then it can be probably like what is going on. But yeah, um, yeah. As a general, I totally agree with you. It's 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 actually really systematic in the way they do things. It's and honestly, 
you get a lot less uh, logistical problems because you don't have no, oh, like absolutely. a first look and yeah. you don't have um, uh, like cake cutting and then bouquet toss. I mean, you might have some weird traditions, but like they're not just peppered. They're in a spot in a, in a consistent manner versus yeah, that, a lot of weddings that are more Christian. Um, you know, people are just so into making it their own and doing like their own customized versions of things. Mm-hmm. It can actually be much more complicated logistically for the photographer than absolutely. And the and you know, you can get all kinds of range of planners um, yeah. that are in terms of white weddings that can be like good or bad. Yeah, um, they can be all over the place. They can be horrible, or they oh, can be. We totally should do an fine. episode on the the one about wedding planners. We haven't done that. Yeah, yet, that we. Weekend. We need to, because, man, have I got some stories. And um, (laughs) uh, Dude, remember that one? Uh, We'll we'll save it. We'll save it. Um, Okay. And so, is that? Oh, there's Pickles. Oh, Pickles Pickles is here. Um, Pickles is my cat. Pickles is How do you see that, man? Um, Well, maybe we should pivot to the, the main topic of the day which i think we didn't even discuss it before we got on but i think it's important yeah what 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 is what is the main topic of today <laughs> i think we should talk about insurance and, I, and traveling okay. i agree yeah sam so um i noticed on <laughs> um petapixel that <laughs> you lost your pack did you see the interaction that it got i can't no, I believe it it got okay. So, just to preface how this story got out there, I just uh, Instagram storied uh, my experience of uh, dealing with this lost bag, and I'll, I'll lay out the story in a second. But um, somebody that it was somehow associated with Petapixel just like messaged me and said, "Hey, would you be okay if Petapixel shared your story?" And I was like really apprehensive, like I don't know. Every time I see something about a photographer's stuff being stolen or you know, broken into or whatever, like the photographer just gets slammed. Like I didn't yeah. want it to be, this is n- a situation where it was really not my fault. And I'm a very careful traveler. I never check oh, yeah. back. Absolutely. And, uh, and we'll get to that in a second, but I was just like, okay, just as long as I'm not painted in a, like a full yeah, professional. Like, hey, check out like, this idiot yeah. that got his exactly. bag jacked. So yeah. this is 70, 7,118 shares oh and 138 gosh. comments. And I stopped looking at the comments just because I couldn't uh, deal with... Uh, I'm sure there Most of them were fine. Trolls. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of them were fine. But so many people were just like, uh, you know, problem solved. Just don't ever put your bag anywhere other than right under the seat in front of you. Or don't yeah. ever not look at your bag. And I just want to fucking smack him in the back of the head just and say, learn. what the hell are you talking about? Or do you just sit there in your seat with your eyes glued on the overhead bag the whole time that's insanity nobody does that no Plenty one does of flights it. people sleep on like this is crazy you're just ridiculous mm-hmm. there's it's trolls but yeah yeah it, it's fine just but idiots. uh it's just unfortunate to see that that happens even though the article clearly states that nothing of irreplaceable value was lost so um okay I'll, can i outline what happened yep please uh, start 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 at the uh, beginning here and let's let's go through this Okay, now I'm reading some of these comments. Here's one. He was shocked to find that his luggage was no longer in the bin above him. That was my quote. Then this person said, how did he not spot someone taking it out of the compartment? It's like, okay, if you've been on an airplane and you sit at the window seat, okay, and it wasn't in the bin directly above me. It was like close to my seat, but maybe like one or two rows. Yeah, and when, when people are unloading ahead of you, all you see is the bottom part of the bag if it's in the bin over your head, right? You don't see... I, from now on, I always put my bag in the bin across the aisle from me. I never yep. thought to do that, but that's, you know, you live and learn. I just never thought that that would really be necessary because we're in a secure metal tube. Um, <laughs> so, okay. I was <laughs> Until heading, heading people home, start leaving. Heading home tube. from Belfast. I always carry on all my bags all the time. I have one big always roller bag yep. with, with most of my valuable camera equipment. And then I have a backpack with my clothes and my laptop and memory cards and hard drives. That bag, uh, the backpack sits in the seat in front of me by my feet. The other one goes in the overhead bin because it's just a tad large to fit in your seat uh, seat spot. So getting on a flight, go from Belfast to London, sat in the window seat, had a nice little nap. Uh, It was about an hour and a half flight. Woke up. 
Um, people start getting off the plane. No big deal. You know, just kind of looking out the window, just waiting around. Then I stand up and then there's this older couple at the like row in front of me who's taking a little longer to get off. So yep. just kind of like looking at them occasionally, then looking back out the window, just passing time until it's my turn sure. to step out into the aisle. Standard. I get my backpack. Yeah. Standard. Get my backpack. I shuffle out into the aisle and I look up over my head. My bag is not there. And I think, yeah, that sucks, man. Of course, the flight attendant must have had to move it. Maybe the wheels, like, maybe it wouldn't close. Like, of course, somebody just moved it. Right. Um, so I'm looking around. I'm like, man, there are just no other bags even close to this, though. I'm like, okay, I'm going to whip out my Tile app real quick on my uh, on my phone. And Tile is a is a little electronic yep. um, square that you can put in your bag. And if it's within Bluetooth range or within range of somebody else's Tile and their phone, it'll notify you and and do a you know a geolocation of approximately where it is. Um, so I whip that out and it's like bag is within range. So I'm like, Oh great. Okay. must be on the plane somewhere then. Like obviously. So I hit the little ringer right. for it to start ringing. I'm like listening, nah, not, not hearing it. So I run to the flight attendant at the end of the plane. I'm like, Hey, uh, my bag's not in the overhead bin. Did you guys move it up here to the front or something? She's like, uh, no, what, what are you talking about? It's like, you know, my roller bag. And she's like, what, what is that? What are you talking about? My roller bag, my bag <laughs> the, on wheels. The type of bag yeah. that you like, do oh, that, that is, is in all so of the bins. Apparently they call them trolley bags. And she just had no clue what the fuck I was referring to. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, roller bag. Like, come on, whatever. Bag what with wheels. Yeah. Um, she's like, is it a suitcase? And I was like, closer. It's not a suitcase, but you're getting in the ballpark. She's like, oh, sir. <laughs> It's a trolley bag. I'm like, great. I don't care what it is. It's a black bag. Did you move it? And she had to call the back of the plane for those stewardess. And this is probably about three minutes of just like determining, okay, it is not on the plane. It wasn't moved by them. Right. But it was weird that I got that, you know, tile update. So mm -hmm. I think what must have happened is somebody had just gotten off the plane and it was still somehow within range of it as this person was walking off the plane. Right. And yeah. uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm out of here, grabbed my bag, went, ran up the aisle, and then I immediately was confronted with two options. Do I choose to stay in the secure zone and head toward connecting flights, or do I mm -hmm. leave the secure zone and head toward baggage claim? I have no idea if this person has a connecting flight, and right. if this person made a genuine mistake, which I assumed, because I did see that there was one other roller bag left near mine that was black, different style. Um, right. Uh, I figured, oh, this must be an honest mistake. I figured, well, if this person realizes it quickly, which they should, because the handling and everything is going to be different, they, different, they will yeah. immediately come back to the plane to get their bag. But if they go to baggage claim, they won't be able to do that, because they won't have a boarding pass to get back in through security security what right. do i do so i just made the the Man, gut, gut decision tough. to say okay i'm gonna go, to, gonna go to connecting flights first so i'm still in the secure zone and i'm maximizing the amount of time that this person has to maybe come back to the plane itself where their right. bag is still sitting in theory um so i start going to connecting flights and there's a they need to do a passport scan to uh, or a boarding pass scan to let you in so they scan my boarding pass and it's not working it's like oh you have to go over to this line to get your passport looked at so i went over to that line didn't work all the while i have like my tile app up in my face it's like bags yep. nearby again i'm like oh my god i must be getting close i think i'm i think i made the right choice so um, you know i went back and forth like twice to finally freaking get through the, Dude, what the heck? yeah get into this the b b gate area whatever mm -hmm. they call it and i and immediately as soon as i got through the uh, passport check again and out i realized i made the wrong decision the gate area is just giant stores and shops people everywhere yeah. there's no way to get back to the plane at this point i didn't realize it but once they scan you through this other area ah, bummer they, it's not a security check they just scan your boarding pass for the connection yep. and yeah. that's it that's so what i didn't realize was then to get to the baggage claim to quickly like okay I, this was a bad idea i was going to run to baggage claim to see if they're still there it was a 30 minute ordeal because they had to assign somebody to escort me and have my boarding pass unscanned then I can exit. Oh, man. Then I can go back through security, like I had just arrived at the airport or something. So that oh, was about man. 30 minutes. And I'm sitting there. There's eight other people that need to be escorted out as well. The, the security escorts only come by like every 20 minutes. And I'm just waiting there like, this, this is it. My bag is just leaving. It's gone. Plane. Yeah. And I was like, can I just leave? Like, where's the emergency? Like, I just want to exit. And they're like, you can't do that. So you'll set off all sorts of alarms. I'm like, are you kidding me? I can't just <laughs> like, this is insanity. And, uh, whatever Heathrow airport is stupid. It, I love it once you're through security, but the security right. protocols are just insanity. So whatever. Um, 
finally got escorted. You know, my name's on the list, and they just walk me out, whatever. Uh, get to baggage claim. All the luggage has already gone through the carousel. Nobody else is around. Sure. The flight attendants did drop off the roller bag that was left that wasn't mine. I saw that behind the baggage uh, people, and I was like, okay, guys, this is a situation. What do I do? That is the bag that was left. So somebody's going to be back for that, and that somebody has my bag more yes. than likely. What do I do yep. to connect with them? And they're like, well, there's a lost property department. So go over there. It's just around the corner and fill out a report. And you know, when it's, when it turns up, uh, they will notify you. And it's just like, okay. Kay. So I did that, filled out a form, explained the situation. They're like, okay, well we have a database. Here's the website for it. You can search for whatever stuff you need as it comes in. It's like, okay, great. Uh, anything else I can do? Is there like, police or anything they're like well and i had to catch a flight you know my connection right. was in a couple yeah, hours. Yeah. so i didn't have back. all day and they're like well there's no no police unless you want to call the real police and i was like well we could do that and they're like but you already have a formal report here this is really all you can do it's like okay well can i take a picture of this form i just filled out so that i have it to give to my insurance and they were like no that's our property you can't actually take a picture of this i was like what are you talking about it's just a sheet of paper <laughs> with questions that I just filled out. I'd like, I'd like to take a picture of it for some evidence. Yeah, like, this got is our to. property. You can't do that. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, can you, you know, show me what I should do? And she started handing me a pamphlet, and I just like totally yanked a picture just yeah, as good. I was like pretending to be on my phone because I was like, I need good. some evidence that I did something. So fuck that. I cannot believe it. They were like, That's no, you can't. Yeah, it was insane. So the question on my and i'm assuming everyone else's mind is can they fingerprint the bag i don't know i mean i I figured there's probably you know cctvs with cameras in the hallway seeing everybody that got off the plane everybody's list of names is there's a list of names for everybody on the plane but i just didn't have time to call anybody to to like ask like i had to catch my other flight i didn't want to miss my whole other flight because i had a wedding to shoot and if i right. you know the next not the next day but the day after and i didn't want to miss that and have to deal with it so i i told them like listen who else should i call they're like well everything that goes missing anything from british airways if it's not a checked bag with an identified uh, right. bag tag which this doesn't because it's a carry-on right. bag if it's not a checked bag everything turns up here so this is your best bet you've done everything you can we'll okay. call you when it shows up I was like, great okay thanks yeah so, so it did gone. have a laptop in it which sucks but the laptop had uh you know iCloud, so I lock that down. It has two tiles, one from my main bag and one from my shoulder bag that was packed inside of it. And I had serial numbers for most of my cameras and a lot of the lenses. So I'm just, yeah, it hasn't shown up yet. Nothing is pinging me back, and I keep calling the airport, but nothing yet. Um, So did you, okay, so before we talk about insurance, um, in terms of backup, did you have everything that you shot this that past week? Yeah. I had on a memory you. card on my pocket or in my okay. pocket. Yeah. So it was fine so, from that perspective. Uh, just, and your, and your light room was all backed up to iCloud. Yep. Uh, actually Dropbox. my light room was backed up over back before I left. So I didn't okay, lose gotcha. any, I lost uh, basically would lost a, a wedding that I called through on the plane over. Um, right. So you just have to recall it. Yeah, exactly. Bummer. Yeah. I already did That's that. That's not too bad, though. No. I mean, basically, I lost like an hour's worth of work and time. That right. was irreplaceable. Everything else was... And what, a $500 deductible or something? So that's the thing. Insurance is a tricky, tricky beast. Uh, so far, my insurance company has been very easy to work with, straightforward. Um, yeah. Gave them a list of everything that I could remember. Felt a little weird because it's like as time would go on, like a couple hours, like I sent her a list of stuff. And I was like, oh, wait, but there's like three other things I forgot about. You know, right. it's just like, I'm not just picking things to add. Like, yeah. I forgot <laughs> that I just bought a uh, looking at uh, things uh, off your shelf and yeah, throwing them exactly, into a trash right. can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but like I would just remember small things is like, oh, well, I did have um, some like backup batteries or those covered, too. And like random stuff that I just you don't think of when you don't see it in front of you. And uh Anyway, so I've been breaking down a list of things and gathering receipts. Here's the big problem, is that the insurance that I have will cover me for international claims. It seems like it'll all be pretty straightforward, but, and there's always a but, and they never talk about this when you're signing up. The things that I have listed, uh, the big items had to be scheduled. So like the actual cameras need to be broken down 
as the camera model. If I bought a new camera and didn't have it updated on my policy, it's not covered. It's not it technically is, on there. It is covered by some other element, but the limit yep. on that is only $2,500 for like the, yeah. So the, the, the things that I had scheduled, totally fine. Everything was, is covered except I didn't update with my D5, my Nikon D5. Oh no. Yeah, I know. So only $2,500 of that is covered. And then any okay. o- other auxiliary items that I didn't have scheduled, I, that's it. I've reached the limit under the $2,500 right. threshold. So I'm screwed on the D5. Except there's one other thing we might be able to figure out, but I'm waiting to hear back. Uh, There's another clause in my contract that any computer data processing equipment, like a laptop or a hard drive, or I'm trying to make the case that a camera is essentially that. It's technically a hard drive. Yeah, it's what I'm using. I connect my camera to my computer. I don't. I don't even use a CF memory card reader. I use the USB cable between my camera and my computer to transfer my files. Um, all okay. of that is under a fifty thousand dollar umbrella of stuff. So my laptop and everything that I didn't have scheduled, um, all that's covered uh, to, it, for the full replacement cost, which is fantastic because you don't have this other element, which is depreciation. Now, unfortunately, right. anything that's on the listed schedule of items is depreciated at a yes. approximate rate of about 10% a year 10% from a year, when you yeah. own it. So if you have a lens that cost you $2,000 and I bought it in 2012, five years ago, it is depreciated 50%. And so yes. they will only reimburse up to that amount, Correct. which is kind of lame, but it's pretty, pretty standard insurance. It, that is standard uh, across the board. So that I'm waiting to hear back from as well is the, uh, what the rate is. And I don't know, they use a special formula. Every insurance company probably has their own calculating depreciation. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just waiting to hear back, but at least everything is covered in some degree or another. I'm sure I'll be out yeah. a couple thousand dollars when it's all said and done. But, um, you know, I'm not, I didn't wait for any of that information I, in the airport that morning. I immediately started ordering, uh, the main nuts and bolts of what I need to shoot my wedding on Saturday. Just totally fine. Got a D5 right. delivered overnight, 58 mil, 24, and a 45, and uh, was all gotcha. good. But that's, oh my goodness. Uh, that's that. <laughs> I'm so glad I wasn't traveling to like a destination wedding, but oh, yes. it's just, you I never ever totally would have thought that, oh, yeah, you're actually, you're still at risk. I, I'm a very careful traveler. But right. I, I definitely put my guard down a little bit when I'm on the plane and my bags are put away. Yeah, well, you know? it, it doesn't really make that much sense. It's like, where can it go? And clearly, it can go somewhere. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, and, Probably and all over London now. Yeah, um, I know. I'm just checking eBay to be like, hmm. I, I know the, the, the particular markings, and I have the serial number for my D5. Like, I know where it has worn over time, and I would be mm-hmm. able to identify mine for sure. But part of me still thinks it's a legit – so the, the, the bag that was left behind, I asked, I asked if I could look in it. Was there any identifying information? They were like, no, you can't look in it, but we'll look for you. And there are some personal items in here. There's definitely stuff in here I'm sure this person will be back for. Sure. I was like, but there's no ID. They're like, no, we don't see any IDs, like whatever. Yeah. So, so it does seem like a legitimate mistake. But even if it was, what is the percentage of people do you think if they realize yeah. they had a bag full of camera equipment by accident – would just take that as a, the, an opportunity, you know, the cri- uh, crime of well, opportunity. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, well, well I'm just going to keep I, this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I could go back and get my, like, six pairs of dirty underwear, or I could boost all this stuff in London. I already got away with it, and I'm just going to keep it now. Like Exactly. I, I, I feel like that's likely what, what, what happened. That's, that's tough. That's really tough. Yes. So, here's one thing that I ordered that I'm very excited to try, because it'll fit very nicely in the back of this think tank international version two bag you know you have this bag right on the back yep, side there's I like do. that hidden lock pocket there's yep, like that the little lock yeah pocket. it's like a rectangular so if you go to um heattags.com and this was f- referred to me by somebody else i'm not like plugging them for any reason right uh, they have uh heat stands for high-end asset tracking t- uh, tracking and they sell a product called, um, it's like this little tiny brick. It's called an HT1000W Asset Tracker, which just sounds awesome. Yeah, but it's mostly meant awesome. for like like really expensive um, like moving containers if you're moving houses or if right. you have shipping containers. Um, it's a waterproof, battery-powered, um, location-based 
tracker. It does uh, geofencing, motion, temperature uh, control, all this stuff. And uh, you have to pay a monthly subscription level, but it's only 10 bucks a month. And it's not too bad. the battery lasts, like, I want to say, let me see. Well, it's only four and a half inches long by two and a half inches wide and one inch thick. So it should fit nicely in that back pocket. And, um, oh, the standby time is a thousand days. Yeah. A thousand days. Um, replaceable when batteries. Recording once a location once a day, which is perfectly fine with me because if something is stolen, it'll eventually end up somewhere for longer than a day or sometime over that overlap. You know, people aren't, I mean, they might be moving with it for a day, but eventually it's going to sit and you would be able to GPS, not just Bluetooth or geocellular fencing location, GPS track it at some point or another. Right. Um, so I'm excited to, to check it out. Uh, and the interface for it is fantastic. It's just like a Google Maps overlap of everything cool. that you get. And um, yeah, I'm just going to bolt it to the uh, to my bag and see how well it works. The only concern is that it's GPS. So you know, it probably doesn't take much to interfere with the satellite reception but right right we'll see how it goes that is really that's really cool um yeah it's it's very um insurance is something that um a lot of uh noobs won't even think about um because you know you're just getting out there you're just starting to shoot your own weddings i think a lot of people maybe think about it but they just assume it's going to fall under their 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 renter's insurance policy or their homeowners just because it's an item that they own right in which when you're starting out it very well may um but um you know once you once you you know once you're shooting seriously um it's time to get serious about insurance um i remember i I think i've told this story on the podcast but we were shooting that russian wedding bunch of years ago four or five years ago uh, five six years ago and uh, i had i had literally recently bought a 70 to 200 um and i was super happy about it It was the vr1 and um it was a great great lens and um shot this wedding with it and i left it i i I just i went when we were driving i'm trying to think i think it was when we were walking to the car i was like huh wait where's my 70 to 200 and I think we went back and looked for it and it was gone. Um, and I realized I had left it next to the band stage um, when, like during some kind of first dance or something or other. And it was gone. And I had literally not like four weeks earlier bought this thing for $1,400. Um, and, and I did not have insurance at the time. And I was like, and so I was just out. 1400 bucks gone and um that's the the very next day i got i went out and got insurance and it's not too bad um i mean for for me i'm paying something like 650 a a year uh for it okay um and that's a million dollars worth of stuff 500 um dollar deductible and you know you should look look in your area figure out what's what's good um and uh, just call your regular insurance provider if you got one. Um, if you have USAA, um, like me or Sam, um, they they offer some options. You can do that. But you you got to get on it um, just in case uh, even a person as careful as you, Sam, losing everything, basically. Yeah. Um, when I when I travel, I always I, like I'm always carrying my my like. A turnstile bag and in that i've got all the essentials like my memory cards if they're not on my person they're in that bag with one camera at least one camera if not both cameras if i'm taking two um and my 50 and my 24 and if i lose everything else on my trip and you know and i have those like i can shoot anything um and so that's kind of that's kind of how i travel and Mm -hmm. Um, so far so good, but I mean, that's just a crazy wake up call. <laughs> yeah. Can't believe yep. that happened. Pretty much, pretty much it's, uh, but, it, but it has happened to other people. I'm certainly not the yeah. first to lose something in a, in a carry on bag. It's just, uh, yeah. it's just a lot, a lot of and, uh, money. And you <laughs> did get, um, you did get another entire bag stolen, uh, a number of years ago, right? When you were in Baltimore on a shoot. Sorry. Wait, what now? Didn't you were you were actually shooting a wedding and a and a bag got stolen? Is that right? 
Yeah. Yep. Mid wedding during, during uh, family pictures years ago. Yep. Yep. It, it was, it wasn't full of much critical stuff, but, uh, yeah, it was just my black bag of kind of, uh, backup equipment I had everything I needed on me because I was in the middle of shooting when it happened. But yep. Yep. So yeah. I just walked off and it was, Rolled off it was, it. uh, not a two minute brief period. That's the problem is that unfortunately think tank is so popular as a thing, uh, that people that were routinely uh, steal things know what a, just like you, a photographer knows another photographer yep. by the bags they're traveling with. <laughs> Certainly. So do these criminals. It doesn't take much to figure that out. And, uh, no matter what, if, like you will have moments when you're actively shooting or traveling or working. Traveling is a very discombobulating experience. It's it's a lot to keep track of with like, okay, when's my next flight time? What's my seat? Do I have my boarding pass? Like there's so many micro decisions you have to keep track of that Absolutely. you let your guard down for 60 seconds. And that is what these, you know, people may wait for if, if it is a legit criminal. Yeah. And it wasn't just a, uh, I'm reading through some of these comments and it's hilarious. There are some people that are like, why am I not believing this story? I travel routinely and extensively. And unless you're in a drunken yeah. stupor, the very moment the fasten seatbelt light is extinguished without fail all eyes are on the overhead compartment and mine yeah, are for, too no, but yeah, but absolutely. but not, not the entire time and even if it was it can be taken down in a way that you don't realize it's your bag because you only yeah, see absolutely. the top oh, black yeah. part and then it goes down and it's just like any other black bag from that bag from that angle nobody takes their eyes off of twenty thousand dollars i'm sorry i fucking do i travel mm-hmm. all the time with very expensive stuff and if and you know eventually you kind of forget that it's so valuable you know you don't add it up in your head every single day um, right you know if you do then you don't travel much because you definitely lose sense of how much valuable stuff you have on you when you are on a plane twice a month like it's just true absolutely and and so and like the the reality is stuff's gonna get stolen i mean it it it, it, like there's or at least there's a chance that you know there's always a chance in anyone's life that any of their things could be stolen at some time um and in the case of wedding photographers um you you have to factor that in and the way to factor that in is buying insurance. Like yeah. if you, you cannot expect that you will prevent something from getting stolen, uh, but you can prevent yourself from getting screwed afterwards by not having any insurance like me when I lost my dumb yeah. 70 to 200 and I was just out money gone. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's just not, first of all, that's, that's, that sucks. But you know, if that was something much more valuable, um, not having insurance would be a, an absolute killer. If if I, for instance, somehow both of my D750s got stolen, um, you know, and I didn't have insurance, there's a chance. Like, if you don't have the money for that, that's real bad. Um, oh yeah. So absolutely. you have to protect your business um, by just protecting your stuff if you, if it gets if it gets stolen you can you can have it all reimbursed um and not be able and not skip a beat and not be able to, and and be able to you know continue making money and and not uh not get totally destroyed um for sure for sure i gotta let pickles out she's meowing <laughs> nice for those of you that don't know Pickles is the cutest cat ever. She's pretty annoying. So it's interesting. Maybe we should comment on some of the suggestions other people are putting in the comments uh, section here. Uh, a lot of people are saying just use a very bright colored piece of tape or ribbon or something to it. Yeah. So somebody, but in a way I feel like that calls more attention to you as you're walking through an airport or something, but I actually do like that as a suggestion just to uh, keep, yeah. Keep your bag. Like gaffer's tape around the, the handle is also an excellent idea in case it is an honest mistake. People would feel the difference immediately instead of uh, just the fabric that it's made of. Um, and, uh, and other people are just saying, if I get up to go to the bathroom, I check under my seat bag to make sure nothing walked away in the few minutes I was gone. Yeah. If something goes missing, it would make it easier for a flight attendant. Of course, that's true. But I mean, you, how many times do you, if it's a 15 hour flight, like, are you going to do that? every single time you might but there's going to be some time when you're probably half asleep like yes keep your bags locked up but um you know it's just impossible to to only right. i think only rely on your own two set of eyes and uh 
uh, if somebody wants it, they're going to find a way to get it from I, you. I, I was, I was going to say, I mean, the, the blanket answer to literally any person um, that, you know, has something stupid to say about this situation is he's got insurance. So, you know, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, some people are stupid and, and, or, you know, are idiots and they just don't have any clue how, um, yeah. you know, how it is to be traveling the world with lots of gear, um, or traveling around with, with lots of gear and, yeah, you know, exactly. It, 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 you do become desensitized and you do get decision fatigue very quickly and easily. Um, and it, it, it's, it is tough to just rely on your own. <laughs> I'm going to blah, blah, blah. This one guy is especially funny where he thinks, uh, I don't understand the point of this article as evidence. I suspect there's missing link for the story. Yes. There are some details that are certainly left out of the petapixel article because I don't care to share every single painful detail of the story. It's not relevant. It's a story. This isn't a police report that people need to read and dissect, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. And then he's just basically saying, ah, this guy is, it's just an infomercial. This is just to pump up his SEO stats so he can sell more workshops. It's like, trust me, I can think of better ways to get better SEO. Yeah. Than just talking <laughs> than about to get all of your stuff stolen. Lost. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, come on, guys. People are ridiculous. Be, be real. Be yeah. real. But what's frustrating uh, is that this person and the few others uh, don't actually even know that they're ridiculous. I just wish I could, like, you know, point at them and say, you are crazy. Stop it. <laughs> the internet doesn't like you and uh, you make no sense. So whatever. It's fine. Um, I'm going to turn off Petapixel now. Yeah, that's that's the nutshell of what I've been dealing with. But I was right back to shooting full wedding on Saturday. No no problems, no interference. Right. I still, Even if I didn't get stuff overnighted, I still had uh, a Sigma 24, a Sigma 50, two D750s at home that I could shoot a whole wedding with if I had to. Right. I wasn't able to get stuff uh, delivered. But um, yeah, I mean, insurance, you just... It sucks. Like I think my, my premium is twelve hundred a year, give or take, and that sucks to spend. But when it does come up, it's not going to ruin me. It's not going to bankrupt my business to have to right. file a claim and repurchase a lot of stuff, even if I don't get full coverage. Sure, um, it's just a you know moderate step back instead of it just being devastating. And I once I did a, a calculus in my head, not calculus, but an account in my head of everything that was in the bag. Like yeah, I was. Adrenaline was pumping, freaked out, going crazy for like 10 minutes. And then I realized like, okay, but what am I actually missing? I have a memory card next to my passport in my pocket. Sure. That is fine. Everything else is, uh, is, is replaceable. I can order it and it's good. So actually I ended up being totally chill. <laughs> I just went back to the lounge. <laughs> I had to go through freaking security again. Oh, okay. Gosh. And then my bag... Yeah, and then my bag, this is like your standard boarding security, like TSA type thing, but whatever the British equivalent is, to get back into the boarding area. And, of course, my backpack, the one that I had left, uh, got flagged. And there was a queue oh, of like yeah. 10 other bags they had to check. And, oh, and, my goodness. And, you know, it took forever. And I finally got it's to... It's like, guys, I'm the guy that just yeah. got all the stuff stolen. Well, they didn't know Let that. Me, it's a huge yeah. airport. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, meh, that's what it is. It, it is what it is. And again, and you can say that because you have insurance. So yeah. the, this definitely would be moral much of the more story devastating here. if it just walked off never to be. And honestly, the, the difference, the, the gap in, in what's going to be covered, I think is going to be covered under my homeowner's insurance for some, cool. some items. So again, while I'm not too worried about anything, unless the insurance company comes back with some weird right loophole that gets them yeah. out of it then this will be a different story and you'll definitely <laughs> hear about it but uh yeah nice man that's crazy yeah when i saw that petapixel thing go up i was like oh man that's that's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah and, and um, you know you don't realize like oh yeah man it was twenty thousand dollars and stuff I can't yeah that's a yep. fast it does it does it adds it adds up real quick um Okay, so switching gears. So what? So what do you have uh, next coming up? What's going on uh, this um, week? Going to head out to an engagement session tonight, and then uh, yeah, just a, two weddings. I have a double: one on Friday, one on uh, Saturday. Yep. So nice. Nothing too crazy, but uh, yeah. how about you? Anything nice? Um, yeah, just uh, just getting through um, the this past 
weekend uh, of and and editing, getting stuff out the door, and then yeah, this weekend I've got a wedding on Saturday, um, and then a, another shoot on Sunday. So, yep, another full weekend. Um, nice. Okay. And then actually, um, I ended up being free the following weekend, so I'm going to shoot with Aram again <laughs> for another really long Indian wedding. Oh, the following like two weeks from yesterday. So crazy. Nice. Okay. Should be fun. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's as good a place as any. We'll uh, check back. We'll, we will be on a more uh, regular update now that uh, neither of us are traveling for a little yeah. while. You know, <laughs> should be a little this easier. We didn't even talk about, but did you see the uh, the pretty much confirmed? It's definitely probably going to happen, but hasn't yet. Uh, new rules about flights from Europe to the U.S. Yeah, so laptops are going to have to be, is it in checked bags? Is that right? Yep, not in the main cabin. Uh, Unbelievable. iPads as well. iPads Unbelievable. Only, only cell phones would be okay. iPads, laptops, and this, they're supposedly going to roll it out to domestic flights as well here in the U.S. Uh, yeah, so, well, that's, that's going to be real fun. That's going to be awesome. I'm going to really <laughs> enjoy not knowing where actually, my laptop is. I don't actually know if I can really continue to travel like that. Like I, I, I'm not going to, um, well, you're just going to have to adjust so that you don't need your laptop in case it gets jacked uh, or in case it doesn't meet its destination or, you know, ends up in Los Angeles when you're trying to go to Australia or something. It's insane. It's insanity. I, I saw a report of what they were doing. Unreal. This has been this has been put into place in the Middle East now for a couple of weeks, and what uh, airlines are doing is, uh, as you're in the boarding area, they'll let you get through security and everything like normal. But as you're ready to board the plane, they have boxes, labeled boxes for everybody's mm-hmm. stuff and everything that's electronic, everything that's electronic that's not a cell phone uh, or like a watch size. Mm-hmm. is put into this box. It's closed up and it's packaged underneath, uh, kind of like a gate check. But then, but it's everybody yeah. and everything they have. So they have to then have a queue and a long line to do this when you get off the plane to right. get all your stuff. And it's just, which overall is, a, I, I guess I a better is, option. What the but, hell have they been scanning at the airport this whole yeah. time that they take laptops out of bags to have scanned through the x-ray machine? Like what are they Has scanning there been for? a laptop <laughs> bomb that yes, I was unaware apparently, of? Apparently they have figured out a way to, to do that. And that's, sort of the catalyst but there has to be limitations like an ipad really you can make a bomb that fits the, the, the size of an ipad i think they're just trying to do a blanket thing to simplify and streamline like oh yeah. if it's not a cell phone it's in this it's in this inclusion uh, it's it, insane and, and it's, it's unfortunate because i do crazy. so much work on airplanes uh oh yeah so does dude so, i so i many. sometimes knock down an entire wedding in, a, in an airplane exactly i know it's uh just cannot believe this yeah what are they scanning for then it's in the first place yeah what like can they not see uh, if it's a bomb (laughs) in a laptop like is that something they can't tell like that's just crazy doc yeah it's insane like i'm sorry but you can fit it you could you could fit an explosive device in a bag and have it be really small and streamlined and if they're scanning through the bag are they unable to see that there's a bomb in that like if yeah, they're I'm scanning like, through the laptop, they sh- can they not tell that it's a bomb? And if that's the case, I, then what have we been doing these past few years? Yeah. That's insane. Like, I, I agree. I have no clue, man. It's just crazy. It, it, flying is terrible. And um, that's just the reality. Flying sucks yes. a lot. And I hate, I kind of like hate it now. Um, yeah. We, we, on our flight, we just, oh yeah, I guess I should have mentioned this earlier, but we, me and Abby just, um, came back from a, a kind of long vacation, um, to, uh, Italy, then Bologna, um, well, Rome, then Bologna, then, uh, Innsbruck, Austria, then Germany, uh, Munich, Germany. Nice. Um, wow. yeah, good, good trip. It, it was, it was really cool. I'm going to, blog post is imminent. Um, but, um, the flight back was was fine. It was just like a, a nonstop flight, but on the way there, it was just a nightmare. It was eighteen hours or or no, it was, it was like fourteen hours of flight. But having to change planes and in the EU, you got to go through security one more time, and then um, like it, it was it was terrible. Yeah. And we got we lost like a half a day just being exhausted from the flight. 
Yeah. It's that decision um, fatigue. It's the waiting around. Yep. It's the redundancy. It's the friction of things that, you know, it's, you, you, it's stress. you handed it's, the wrong boarding pass. Oh, wait, it's in my other pocket. Like you're keeping track of things that are really important, like your passport constantly. Yeah, passport. Yeah. Um, you're, you're looking at other freaking idiots in the line ahead of you that like, yep. have lost something and are, you know, costing you 10 minutes here and there that adds up to being like an hour. Just, it sucks. It, and it, it really, does. It really sucks. And then once you get on the plane, you're crammed in like a pig and a pen and it's just terrible. It's not fun. I'm not saying it should necessarily be fun. I mean, when you think about it, airplanes are basically just flying crappy buses <laughs> yes um yeah expensive ones yeah expensive the, uh, the good the good thing is that i got through plenty of really good movies finally saw the girl on the train which is a really good movie oh, um okay. and uh yeah saw young frankenstein um anyway it was yeah, fun watching well, movies but that's yeah fun. but but now you know enjoy doing that on your cell phone the whole time yeah I mean, it's crazy, man. Um, I don't want to fly ever again. I have to say, I'm, I'm sure to believe that back in the day, you know, you used to be able to just get out of your car and then walk to your boarding gate like you were catching yeah. a train. And I'm sure once they, people had similar complaints and frustrations once they started doing security lines and, you know, checked, checked baggage and all that kind of stuff. But this does seem a little insane. <laughs> like, like. It really is. Like, how long before they figure out how to make an explosive device the size of an iPhone, right? Like, th- why Why would that not happen someday? And, and it, when it does, what are you going to do? Just no, yeah. iPhone, no cell phones? Like, so much of what you need is critical and, and you know, important to the travel process on your cell phone. Half the time, there are boarding passes on there. Like, it, it just seems crazy that this is, this is not the solution. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah, and, and, I don't know. I'm really hoping, they, since they haven't rolled it out, nobody knows the true details, but I'm, I'm just crossing my fingers, desperately hoping that like, people in trusted traveler programs that have had background checks and have the like, priority access to security lines uh, wouldn't be included in this. That seems reasonable. There's, yeah, like, except that there's already, no chance of that happening, dude. You don't think? No way. Why? No way. No way, dude. They're going to do a blank. Because as, you can't have some people have a laptop, allowed to have a laptop and some not. You I can, think you could. You can require That's people just... to not take their laptop out of their bag or not take their shoes off. But when you have other people that have the privilege of carrying on something that other people do not have the privilege of carrying on, I think that's going to cause problems. Yeah, but but it just seems I, like... I guess if they don't care about check, PR, though. So. No, they clearly don't. Like I think background checks should enable you to... Yeah, I mean, if they're not scanning your laptop out of the bag, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll yeah. reassess once it's actually rolled out. It sounds like it's pretty much going to happen now, and, and the next step is just how far is it going to go? Is it going to include domestic flights? And just, that would be awful. That would be awful. But domestic flights? Ugh. At this point, as a, any photographer that has a destination wedding booked, um, I'm sorry, but you're screwed. <laughs> like, yeah. That, I mean, you're not, you can still get there, but... Uh, Who knows if your gear will make it? Exactly. Who knows if it's going to make it and if... Uh, yeah, yeah, it seems like now the suddenly is much most bag carousels for baggage claim are outside security. They're in a very public area that anybody can walk up and check and yeah. The, if I was a thief, I would be very excited right now. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is great. Now I can just yeah, look things off the carousel. That's true. <laughs> Cuz I and yeah. you know, everybody's thought about it. Like you like what if there's if if you know that there's something awesome or you think that there's something awesome in one of those bags and you think you can get away with it, I bet a thief would just easily grab one of those off the carousel and just be gone. Um, like, so I, again, and now knowing that there's a much higher likelihood that there's a laptop in there, um, yep. I just feel like that's just going to increase all kinds well, of baggage problems. It's almost a virtual problems. guarantee. Who doesn't travel with an iPad or a laptop? Like, I mean, I guess some people just travel with cell phones, but for destination flights, like... Yeah, any international flight, every yeah. single one of those bags has a laptop in it. <laughs> yes. Like, that's, why, that's, that's the deal. <laughs> yeah, that is basically what will be the case. So that, 
I'm really disappointed in whoever is making this decision. I just, it's, it's crazy. It, you know, what they should do is, is maybe perhaps have a special laptop check line. And what they do is a more detailed, yes, it sucks because you have to wait longer and it'll be a longer queue or whatever. But yeah, if you have to be traveling yeah. with a laptop, take a, stand over here at this line. Uh, that you have to, you have would be fine dedicated. with me. Yeah. Problem is, everybody's going to have that. Everybody's going to have yeah. that line. <laughs> Everyone well, needs- but some people are going to, no, some people are going to say, okay, I don't need my laptop That's with true. me on this yeah. flight. Plenty of people do that when, you know, when you get in, when you get in line uh, down the gate gangway and they're like, hey, we're, we have too much stuff on here. We need volunteers to like give us their bags and we'll throw them on there for free. It's the same mentality as that where they'll be like, Oh, I don't actually need my laptop. Sure. I'll put it in the bag. Yeah. Um, that's true. I don't, I would rather get through this line in five minutes than like take another 15 minutes to like, you know, have my personal property violated Yep. again. Yep. Uh, (laughs) and it, yeah. Well, I think we've uh, gone gone on long enough. Um, we'll yeah. we'll touch base next week. Let's see, cool. I, I keep calling the airport every day, so we'll see if that uh, turns anything up. But all right. keep my eye on the Petapixel updates. Oh, and see the it. insurance company I use is Travelers dot com. Like I said, so far they've been good, and they do cover international incidents, nice. you know incidents like this. A lot of insurance companies don't cover you in other countries, so it's an important thing to look into. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I have I have Philadelphia insurance, and uh, I also know. Did you did you end up going with Hartford for a while? No, Mm-mm. but no, I, did, I did okay. used to have Philadelphia. Uh, problem yeah. is, I filed a claim, and then they dropped me. So uh, that yeah. is what I'm fully expecting to happen with this company as well, which is very unfortunate. Can you imagine yeah, that's if, if what you happens. had to stress about that with healthcare insurance? Like, holy crap! <laughs> yeah, a whole nother argument right there. Yeah, and uh, anyway, all right. Well, I'll check you later. All right, later on.